Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Spirit of Prophecy podcast. I'm really fired up about today's episode. We are going to just get right into it. But this episode, I'm hoping, will be enlightening for everyone. Not, I, I do not believe that this episode will is not going to convert anyone to my theology when it comes to eschatology. But I believe there is something for everyone to learn. If you are a pre-tribber, you need to listen to this. And if you're a post-tribber, I definitely want you to listen to this because let's not make the same mistakes of the pre-tribbers. And I think it sometimes, I know for myself personally, while I often struggle to see my own flaws and the mistakes that I make, I'm pretty good at seeing other people's faults and their flaws and identifying where they make mistakes. Uh, and, and, but as a result of that, you know, often I noticed, I've learned where I have gone wrong by observing where other people are going wrong. I'll see their failure in an area. And then it's like, man, you know what? I've, I've done that same thing. And we are going to try to learn from an epic colossal failure of epic proportions today. And it's from uh, a name that many of you will probably remember if you were from the uh, before the 2000s and even early 2000s, uh, you'll know this name, and that is Jack Van Impey. Jack Van Impey was a very well-known speaker, used to uh, run in independent fundamental Baptist circles, used to preach at Sword of the Lord conferences. Uh, you know, he, uh, I've, got, I've seen Sword of the Lord articles where uh, he was listed at meetings with Jack Hiles and along, and along with Jerry Falwell, you know, back in the day. So Jack Van Impey was somebody who, a lot of Baptists might not want to admit it, but he did greatly influence them. You know, those of us in the post-trib world who are always listening to the ridiculous things that are being preached by pre-tribbers, we often wonder what happened to these good people. I mean, they're good people. I believe they love the Lord, but their expounding of the scripture is ridiculous. <clears throat> and just like they're always lamenting the fact that, you know, people like us were getting all this theology from the internet. Well, they used to get their theology from TV, from men who were way more influential than people like myself or anybody that you'll see in the internet today. People who had more of a monopoly on things. You didn't have the internet back then. You had the TV, the TV preachers were very influential and they did, they shaped a lot of the rhetoric, the thinking, a lot of the terminology that's used. These things all came from big name TV preachers and one of the big names of that day who, again, even though he had kind of uh, left the IFB movement, was still influential and was a name that they all knew. Uh, Jag Van Impey was one of those. And so uh, how I came across this video, I was watching a documentary about Y2K. Okay, and I don't know how many people watch this or remember Y2K, but if you were alive in the late 90s uh, and old enough to remember what was going on, you remember Y2K. And it was really funny watching that documentary and just being reminded of a bunch of foolishness that was going on back then. But um, we never learn our lessons, man. There's always impending doom on the horizon, always. And you know, the people who add to the hype and the hysteria more than anyone are prophecy preachers. And they played a clip on, on this documentary of Jack Van Impey speaking on this. And I heard some of these clips and I was just, I was horrified at first off what he was doing with the scriptures, but just how wrong he was. And so here's a lesson for everyone. Okay. When it comes to expository preaching, okay, I, I am for topical preaching. I believe we should make life application. I believe it's appropriate to look at current events and then use Bible principle to teach things to people. I think that's appropriate. I think it's biblical to do all those things. But if we claim that we are doing an expository message on a passage of scripture, then the reality is our message should be timeless. And the reality is if we are preaching on Bible prophecy, if, if we are preaching it accurately, it will be timeless. Meaning 10 years from now, people will still be able to learn from it without laughing at me. 20 years, if, if, if it's accurate. 
but too much what we've done is we have added and inserted our speculation. Now, I don't think it's wrong to speculate, but we can't act like it's Bible. It can't become doctrine. And that is happening. People are contentious over their speculation versus your speculation. And these things, they get pushed so much as doctrine that it ends up creating confusion. And we do not want to make the same mistakes of the previous generation. I want my preaching to be timeless. And I have, I've listened to preachers preaching through chapters in the Bible. And it was just literally the entire sermon was about whatever was going on that week. And it's just like, you know, one of these days, somebody is going to be like, you know what? I'd like to learn about this chapter in the Bible. They're going to go and they're going to listen to your sermon. And it's going to be all about current events in that day and nothing about that chapter. Things that don't even matter anymore. And so we've got to watch out for that. Okay, We need to be more disciplined in our preaching. And when it comes to Revelation, we would all do well to remember the words of John in Revelation 22, 18, where he says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. And some people act like that's just like a, a translation thing or a like if, you know, if we print a Bible and we remove stuff. And obviously that would be horrible to do that. But I believe you're also committing that sin if you're adding to what Revelation teaches. And again, if you want to speculate and say, hey, here's a tough passage. This is what I think it could potentially look like if things were to happen today. I don't think it's wrong to do that. However, as soon as you get contentious about that, as soon as you start to teach that as doctrine, you're crossing a line. And I believe when it comes to prophecy, prophecy preachers have been doing that for far too long. And let me tell you something. There is nothing timeless about 99% of the prophecy preaching that you will hear today. There's nothing timeless about it. You People date themselves with their rhetoric, with their speculation, with how they interpret the scriptures. And that is shameful. And so we are going to watch a man shame himself. And this was in the late 90s, getting close to Y2K. We're going to watch a man shame himself. And I'm not trying to you know, speak ill of the dead. He's not around to defend himself any, anymore. Uh, but at the same time, let's learn from this mistake. Because you know what? One thing before I get into this video, back when I first came around to the truth that pre-tribulation teaching is foolish. You know, I was somebody who was very loyal to the great men in many ways and the people who had taught me. And, you know, and it, and it was, I was concerned about going against what they had taught me. But then I came to the realization one day that these men, I do believe that generation that has propped up this 70s style eschatology, I believe they will all be gone before the tribulation even comes and not because of the rapture. I believe they're going to die out. Jack Van Impey died out along with many of that generation. Uh, they, they're gone. And so it very well could be my generation. I might be, or I could be preparing the next generation that actually is going to go into the tribulation. And so, you know what? I, those guys aren't going to be around to be held accountable. You know, people aren't going to be looking at them on that day. Like, why didn't you prepare us for this? They're going to be dead and in the grave already, but I very well may have to face that generation. And so I want to be able to stand there with a good conscience and say, Hey, I told you, I, I warned you, I prepared you. And so I realized I can't be loyal to these men, I must be loyal to the scriptures and I need to understand I very well might face these things myself and I will be the one standing there when that generation goes into that. I could be. And so I need to be able to give these people an honest answer. And so um, we got to watch out. So be careful 
about you know trying so hard to make your preaching relevant that you veer off from what the scriptures actually teach. And so let's go ahead and we're going to watch some clips from this special emergency broadcast. I'm not sure the name of this lady and what the show was, but she has Jack Van Empey. And this is just, it's laughable. So let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and start watching this. It is New Year's Eve 1999 and the clock is about to strike midnight. Millions of partygoers are going to be startled and shocked as the clock moves toward that climactic moment, the year 2000. Time will tell if it's going to be a happy new year or not. Gotta love those graphics. Hello, friends. We are going to be discussing one of the most serious topics that we have ever attempted to bring to you. And uh, because of the seriousness of it, it is going to affect all of our lives. Jack has spent literally hundreds of hours researching uh, books and articles and, and papers from around the world in order to put together uh, for me and for you this subject. And I'm going to ask him right now, Jack, how do you feel about what is coming in the future? After studying 250 to 300 major reports from experts globally, I can honestly say I'm shocked, startled, and stunned. If these men are right, then Luke 21:25 is just ahead of us. Nations in perplexity. Nations in confusion. Now, I want to make something clear. These are not my predictions. These are the experts from around the world making these remarks. They may be right, they may be wrong. I hope that the majority of them are wrong. If they're not, I believe that this could be the beginning of the hour that leads into the seven-year period of tribulation discussed in Revelation chapters 6 to 18. And if that's true, then the coming of our Lord is very, very near. Now we will know when His return is at the doors, Matthew 24, 33, but we will not know the exact day and hour, verse 36. But if all these things that the experts tell us are coming happen, I think all of us who know the Lord will cry out with John in Revelation 22, verse 20. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Okay, so remember, okay, for those of you who are younger, nothing happened on Y2K. Nothing happened. But the hype was real. You know, go watch the documentary on Y2K and you will see, I mean, there was there was a great deal of panic. And, you know, those of us who pay attention to some of the conspiracy world stuff, you know, we, we're seeing this stuff all the time and we're kind of just growing numb to it. But it was really bad in 2000. I mean, I knew some people that had all kinds of food stocked up. I mean, they did all kinds of things prepping for Y2K and absolutely nothing happened. But did you notice how he mentioned that, you know, if this happens and I, I studied, I did the research, you know, all these different uh, experts, 250 to 300. And this isn't me. This is the experts. Sensationalism. That is a mark of that generation from the 70s. They were sensationalists. And let me, you can, these preachers that get up there and are still doing this. As soon as they preach on prophecy, they go into their sensationalism voice. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. We're going to be addressing a serious subject tonight. Notice what it says when you see wars and rumors of wars. Oh, I don't know if you all have been watching the news and seeing what's going on with Russia. And you see what's going on in, in Gaza right now. This is it, folks. I, I, I'm not saying it is it, but I'm just saying it, it could be. Earthquakes, famines, pestilence. We had COVID. Earthquakes. There's been there's been more earthquakes recorded in the last ten years than all of the previous history combined. They've been saying that for several decades now, which 
if, the, if that rate were continuing, like they're saying, we should all be constantly shaking from literal earthquakes nonstop. But it's sensationalism. Okay, you people are dating yourselves. It's not typically the younger people that are doing that. It's typically people that were influenced by men like Jack Van Impe. Your teaching, your style, everything, your rhetoric, it is not timeless. It is not scripture. It is, it, it, it's based on a hype and a movement that was, that got really big in the seventies. And so again, no, folks, nothing happened on Y2K. So he's acting like this is Luke 21, 20, uh, 25, and there should be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. So distress of nations, folks, there's been distress of nations going on for the last 2000 years. Okay. There's always different things. And obviously this is something special, but we've got to stop being these chicken littles. Every time something happens, that's normal. We are claiming it's Bible. How is that not adding to the scriptures? You know, they always leave themselves some little wiggle room somewhere. But no matter what, if you watch that whole broadcast, you can look it up on YouTube and find the whole thing. I mean, he's hyping these people up. I mean, he he's I mean, he is really selling this thing big. And folks, it's 2024. He's dead and in the grave. Why would I be loyal to people like that that were so epically wrong on things? And you know what? He didn't live long enough to be accountable for all these things. And that generation, I don't believe they'll be here when it all goes down. I believe they will are going to die out before it happens. It very well might be me, my generation, that sees it. And so I have to be honest with the scriptures and or I might be preparing the next generation. And I don't want to make the same mistakes that these guys made. And every time anything happens in the news, Bible prophecy, Bible prophecy is coming to pass. This is embarrassing. So let's watch, let's watch more. Because we're going to hear some very devastating information. For instance, the Congress on Information Technology just met and 1,600 delegates from 90 nations came together to express their concerns as to the dangers that are coming to the entire globe when the clock strikes midnight, December 31st, 1999. What am I to do about this? Well, God says my job is to warn you. In fact, in Ezekiel 3.17, God says, go and warn my people. And oh, I want to do it with a compassionate heart. In Acts 20, verse 31, Paul said, Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Oh, may my heart be that moved and broken as I share these alarming reports with you today. And Proverbs 22.3 and 27.12 both declare that a prudent man foresees the difficulties ahead and prepares. The simpleton goes on blindly and suffers the consequences. So listen carefully because perilous times are just ahead of us. So what does it say about the guy who foresees evil that isn't there? What does it say about the guy who causes panic for something that wasn't anything to panic about? And again, I don't, I, I'm not mad at somebody for thinking Y2K might be a thing. I mean, when you go and you watch some of the reports and stuff back then, I can see why people are scared. Here's my problem. He tried to make it fit the Bible and that's what everybody's doing. There's, I, I, I didn't listen to the sermon. Um, I don't know if I should listen to the sermon, but um, I had saw somebody had posted on social media about how there was this prophecy preacher, independent fundamental Baptist, who was going to be preaching a sermon 
and showing how this Hamas stuff that's going on right now and this this war in the Gaza was actually prophesied in the scriptures. It's like you people have got to stop doing that. You have got to stop making current events Bible when it's not. And I'm telling you, and it's it's mainly pre-trivers that are doing all this stuff. So and so he's and this is where the deception is. He's quoting all these scriptures about warning, but wait a minute, that's not in Ezekiel. He wasn't warning them about Y2K in acts 20. Paul was warning them about false prophets. He wasn't warning them about Y2K. And so he's like, you know, it's my job. God has given me this job to awake you, to warn you of Y2K. You, you got that from the scriptures. Now, again, if, if you want to get on there and say, I've listened to the experts and if the experts are right, something's going to happen. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. But don't make it Bible prophecy. And people do that. You know why? Because it sells. Because politicians, the experts, they've all discredited themselves. But for Christians, the Bible is something that we can all count on. And it is a shameful thing when a guy gets up and says what is happening is Bible. It's prophetic when it's not. That's you're adding to the scriptures when you do that kind of thing. And you're, you're discrediting the scriptures. So he's making it out and, and we're going to see more of what he does with the scriptures to make Y2K fit. It is amazing how people can literally take anything that is going on in the world and tie it into the Bible prophecy. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Stop doing that. We cannot do that. It, you, you, you're ruining. If if you are teaching anything good, you're embarrassing yourself for the future generations. But these things they sell right now. Okay, they sell right now. If I really want to help this podcast out, I need it to make prophecy all about what's going on in Gaza. But I can't do that. You know why? Well, I mean, I guess I could if I wanted to be dishonest with the scriptures, but I can't. In all honesty, and I assume that my audience knows enough about scripture that they'll see through any of that. But these people obviously thought they had an ignorant audience and I think they did. And so again, always keep in mind with everything he's saying that it is 24 years later and nothing happened. They were wrong in every way possible. So let's watch some more of this. That this is an emergency uh, video that we're making. Actually, uh, he came to me just recently and said, I've got to put my heart into getting this video out. This is an emergency video. Oh, uh, yes. This was planned for much later. But because of all these reports, I became so stirred that I said, we have to get this information out immediately so that people can be considering what they're going to do for the future. And let me explain exactly what that means. It means... Right now, the hype is big. Right now, the Y2K scare is getting ratings. It sells. It will bring in donations. I was planning on covering this later when it gets a little closer. I thought then that's when people might be panicking more and where we I could sell more with this. But no, the hype is now. We need to get in on this. We need to look like we are in the forefront of all this. We need to be the source that people come to for information on this stuff. So let's get ahead of this thing and let's do a, a let's do an emergency broadcast right now. That's that's what all that means. But guess what? He was he was wrong. He was wrong and you go on YouTube, I'm amazed. I get it for recommendations all the time just prophecy being fulfilled. You know, anything happens at the Euphrates River. This is what we see in Revelation, Euphrates drying up. Anything happens with the red heifer. Oh, this is a fulfillment of the red heifer prophecy, you know, the, which isn't even a prophecy in the Bible. But I mean, everybody's always, I mean, anything happens. Somebody sneezes on the Temple Mount. That's a fulfillment of prophecy. Is that, they're that much closer to rebuilding the third temple. Just, I mean... They're they're talking about putting some kind of peace deal together somewhere. This is the, this is them getting ready to confirm the seven year peace treaty with Israel. This is about rise of the Antichrist. We have been seeing this stuff for decades now. For decades, this has been going on. You know, just taking current events and again, some of these things have become sound doctrine. There are still people preaching 
that 1948 was the budding of the fig tree. You are adding to scriptures when you do that. You are teaching that as a doctrine when that was bad speculation that got really big after the late great planet Earth in 1970, and it got really hyped up to the point that people were convinced the rapture was going to be coming before by 19 or in 1988 or before. I mean, just, and that generation did not learn any lessons from this. That generation still uses the same sensationalism, the same rhetoric, and we've got to be better. We've got to do better. We might be the ones I'm not saying we're going to be, we could be. We could be the ones that actually go into these things. So we've got to learn from the foolishness from the previous generation. Many who still have not learned any lessons. Okay? And listen, I don't care. I'm not here today to convince anybody a post-trip. I'm here to convince everyone not to use sensationalism and not to force current events into Bible prophecy. We, we cannot do that. And pre-tribbers historically have been the worst when it comes to this. And it's because of the eminency doctrine. We're in the post-trib world. We're a little more careful because, you know, we understand that, um, you know, there are, there is a lot more that has to be fulfilled where they think, I mean, rapture could come today before this broadcast is over. And so they've always been a lot more sloppy, but post-tribbers post can do it too. But pre-tribbers have always been worse. So let's see a little more of this. That he will return. Now we're not setting the date. I said it earlier. I want to Disclaimer. repeat it. We don't know the day and hour in Matthew 24, 36. But Jesus said, when you shall see all these things beginning to happen, you know like that Y2K? my coming is near even at the doors, Matthew 24, 33. And oh, I believe it's all so near because just before Christ returns, and I'm going to repeat this because repetition is a good teacher, Luke 21, 25 says that nations will be in perplexity. Look it up in Webster's Dictionary. Perplexity means confusion. We're very near that hour. Uh, is 24 years later count as very near? I mean, is, is 24 years later is that a reason for an emergency broadcast or were you dead wrong? Were you dead wrong? And again, folks, here's something we all need to remember. Let's all remember this. Okay. And this is where I'm going to make some pre-tribbers and post-tribbers mad, but this is just a fact. Matthew 24 was a pro prophecy about the destruction of Jerusalem. We can only make application for future events. With that, we can all, that's all we can do. We can only make application and some would even disagree with that, but that's, it, it, I am convinced it was about 70 AD. I also believe we can make application when it comes to that, which is in the future. So to take those specific details of things that were about the destruction of Jerusalem and to say it's Y2K is absolutely horrible and that's what even in the pre-trib world in the post-trib world we have got to learn to separate from what is clearly spelled out in scripture and what is speculation we need to also clearly specify what is explicitly stated that's going to come or what could be a foreshadowing of what is to come so uh Again, we, we, what, what happens is in our groups, in our little worlds, we will co often come to an agreement. We're like, yeah, I like your speculation the best. We won't say it that way, but that, but we, it's like we do, we find a guru, we find a top guy. Yeah. His speculation is good. I'm going to start saying that, that your position is now my position. And then what happens when we all kind of collectively agree with that speculation, it ends up turning into doctrine and that's dangerous. That is one of the things that's going to cause us to date ourselves where 10, 20 years from now, people are going to go back and they're going to listen to our preaching and they're going to be like, wow, were they sure off, you know? And the reality is if our preaching is timeless, then there will still be application. 
for example, I've, I've referenced this a lot and I need to do more on it, but in the works of King James, what's interesting, if you read some of the things that he wrote about revelation, while they are not near as specific as we would like them to be this, the things that where he was specific still apply today. And it's like what he says still makes sense today. You know, it wasn't just about the current events of that day, even though there was some of that, you know, he, he was convinced that the Pope was the antichrist and, um, you know, the Catholic church, uh, he made a, he made a lot of about that. But again, there was, there were many principles and things that he taught in there that were, they were truly timeless. And it's like prophecy preaching. It does it typically, and especially in this you know last 50 years, it's always just looked like current events. But the problem is every time we look at somebody from 10 or 20 years ago, they all look like fools because their preaching was not a expounding of the scriptures. But what it was is it was a hype based, you know, they were hyping up current events to get everybody's attention. And then they were making the scriptures fit that. And it's very shameful and, and I'm embarrassed for these people when I watch stuff. I don't want to do this. Okay. I, I definitely don't want to do this. So let's watch some more. But there's one more thing. And this ties right in with this computer problem. It could be one of the last signs that Christ coming is right at the door. For Jesus said in Luke 21, verse 9, when you hear of wars and commotions, that which causes confusion, then what? Be not frightened. Why? Verse 28, when these things begin to come to pass, January 1st, 2000, then look up, lift up your heads, your redemption draws nigh, and says in verse 31, when they're coming to pass, when it's all happening, that sign and many others, you know that my kingdom is nigh. I'm ready to return as the King of kings and Lord of lords. Revelation 19, verse 16. For that 1,000-year period of peace, prosperity, blessing, and joy on earth. Revelation 20, verse 4. All right. So he, he literally applied January 1st, 2000 to Luke 21. You can't do that. You have no right to do that. That's literally how he expounded the scripture. When you're seeing all these things, what things? The things we've been talking about in this broadcast, the perplexity of nations, the things that all the experts are predicting are going to happen. And again, none of those things happen. None, none of those things happen. But yet again, he did. The world was all hyped about that during that time. And he's a prophecy guy. And so for prophecy, for me to be relevant, I've got to tie in prophecy with this current event. And guess what? The Bible had nothing to say about Y2K. Did y'all hear that? Bible had nothing to say about Y2K. And I'm telling you, I think Baptists are sometimes the worst at this. Did you know that there are Baptists? You think they're usually of the Ruckmanai ilk? They will take Luke 19 in verse one, uh, let's read this. All right, let's read Luke 19 and verse uh, 41. Look what it says. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, if thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now are they hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, encompass thee round and keep thee on every side. And they shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee. And they shall not leave any one stone upon another because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Now, in pre-trib land, nobody wants to talk about 70 AD. Nobody wants to talk about the Jewish Roman war from 67, uh, 70 AD. Nobody wants to talk about that. Okay. That's clearly what that's talking about. You want to know what your numerology Ruckmanites think that is? Luke 19 41, 1941, 1944. You know what that was? 1941 through 1944, the Holocaust. And wouldn't you know, look at Jesus is prophesying all this stuff coming on the Jews. No, on Jerusalem, 
you know, which yes, it was on the Jews, but it was on Jerusalem, not Europe. But that's what they do. Again, trying to make the Bible prophesy things that it, it didn't prophesy. Okay. The Bible doesn't have to predict. It's not everything that is going to happen. The Bible doesn't predict 9-11. The Bible doesn't predict the Gaza war. God, Bible doesn't have, you know, it, you're not going to study the Bible and figure out who's going to win the 2024 election. It doesn't prophesy stuff like that. That's not what it's about. That's not what we do with prophecy. Okay. We've got the one nut, nut job that always comments on here, making literally every single current event fit something in the Bible. And what he does to the scriptures to make that happen is pure insanity. But you know what? And I, I get, I get it from people that are on drugs smoke pot, all that kind of stuff. But when preachers do this kind of stuff, it truly is a shameful thing. And let's stop making the Bible predict things it never predicted. So absolutely, absolutely horrendous. I believe judgment is coming and this could be the prelude, not the tribulation hour, but the prelude leading to it described in Revelations chapters 6 to 18, when 21 judgments fall upon the earth. Is America ripe for judgment? You'd better believe it. Psalm 9, 17 says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations who forget God. Never has sin so inundated any nation like it's presently saturating my country. And oh, I love America. But well, we're going to pay the price. And Isaiah 18 once says, woe, woe always is identified with judgment. Woe to the land shadowing with wings. And of course, that's our great eagle. And we prove this in our video entitled American Prophecy. But in Isaiah 18, Jeremiah chapters 50 and 51 and Revelation 18, we have a depiction of what I believe is some of the judgments falling upon the United States of America. But it's not just. And you know what? I, I don't remember if it was Jack Van Empey, but there was one of those guys back then that had a big prophecy book about America and Bible prophecy. And I'm not even going to take time to address these things, but Van Empey was one of these guys that taught that a lot of scriptures that are prophecies that have already been fulfilled things about Babylon and they have applied it to America and it's just one more error with these, these people, they, they were selling something is what they were doing. They literally were selling something. And so again, if, if you want to be relevant and when it comes to prophecy, you know, you can't make it about something way in the future. And he's going to make a claim here in a little bit that I just don't believe, uh, 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 I just absolutely don't believe him. I would love to see the sources that he has on this, but he doesn't have sources for anything he's saying. And he was wrong. He's been wrong about everything. Okay. Wrong about everything. Just remember pre-tribbers and their predictions are always, they're, they're all batting zero. They're all batting zero. But um, yeah, listening to him do that with America, I, I don't even have time to address those. We still got a good chunk of this video left. I want to play. So let's listen to some more crazy stuff. Things that make malfunction or quit working just in one's home. Listen to this. Your laptop computer, your computer stereo speakers, your tape backup system, your laser printer, your telephone, your refrigerator, your stove and oven, your venting fan and light, your electric can opener, your microwave oven, your coffee maker, your toaster, your garbage disposal, your dishwasher, your clock radio, your cassette tape recorder, your television set, your remote control, your heating and air conditioning unit, and your fire and burglar alarm system. Just 20, and that's a partial listing. But what is the key word there? Electricity. And I want to remind you what I said earlier. Satan, who's the god of this world, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, is in control of heavens 1 and 2. He is the prince of the power of the air, of the airwaves. Yes, the electricity and the currents. Do you really think that's what Paul meant when he said Satan was the prince and power of the air, of the electricity, of the airwaves? So 
If, if that's what that means, when Paul wrote that, no one knew what that even meant for 1900 years. And, and for dramatic effect too, you know, he's showing all these different things that aren't going to work. Um, what do they all have in common? Okay. Why would your toaster not work because of Y2K? Oh yeah. Because of electricity. Yeah. So if your electricity goes out, everything that runs on electric isn't going to work. But, you know, it's just like, no, it affects everything in our life. Well, it affects electricity. It affects that one thing that affects all these other things. Just, it is amazing the way we never learn as a society when we are being manipulated. And we continue to let news media organizations and even religious leaders and especially prophecy preachers manipulate us. Again, it's easy for us to look back on this 24 years ago now and just see how wrong they were. But you know what? We're falling for the same type of stunts in the same way today. It's embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. With perplexity, with confusion reigning, I know of nothing in the history of the world that will equal what could happen if these experts are right, January 1st, 2000. And it will affect all nations. Jeremiah 4, verse 7. Jeremiah 30, verse 11. Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 21. Micah chapter 5, verse 15. And Haggai chapter 2, verse 22. Can you believe that we're living at such an hour right. when these texts are coming alive? Mm -hmm. And he's coming soon. Wait, no. uh, Bible's just coming alive. Reading the Bible is like reading tomorrow's newspaper. Now, again... I get it. God declares the end from the beginning, all that stuff. But the Bible doesn't tell us about everything. I, okay, I I can't I can't get the winner of the Super Bowl of twenty in twenty twenty four figured out from reading the Bible. Okay, the Bible doesn't talk about that, and the Bible doesn't Bible doesn't talk about Y two K. The Bible doesn't have to talk about everything that's going on. However, with these TV people and with a lot of internet people. They always find a way to make the Bible talk about whatever everyone else is talking about. You know why? Because you're using the hype of the day to just sell yourself and to just bring in the donations, promote yourself, whatever. Don't do that with the scriptures. If we're going to talk about the Bible, talk about the Bible. If you want to talk about current events, talk about current events, but you're not doing anyone any service by making them think the bible predicted all these things when it didn't happen okay if the bible does if sometimes there's some things the bible doesn't talk about but you, you will always be able to find a preacher out there this was foretold by the prophets amen no it wasn't no absolutely was not so and and beware too because one of the things he's doing he quotes all this scripture and again when they start quoting all the scripture, we know scripture is true. So then we assume the next thing that's going to come out of their mouth is true, but then he will barf forth foolishness. Watch out for that kind of thing. They will say things wonderful about the Bible. Isn't the Bible so accurate? And then they will say something stupid that just discredits the Bible. Don't fall for that kind of thing. Preachers will often do that. When the preachers say the dumbest things that you could ever imagine it's usually followed up with a scripture verse or it's followed up with a statement about how great the Bible is, but it doesn't make what they said true or that it's in the Bible. So these things, these people discredit the Bible so bad and prophecy preachers are the worst. Let's watch some more. My heart's very burdened. So mm. we're in trouble. I read a report. Ooh. wherein our military leaders are so concerned when there is a glitch in the computer as far as the defense department is concerned wherein Russia thinks because Russia. of that glitch that we have released one of our nuclear missiles and they, because they think we're attacking them, retaliate. In order to prevent this, they're discussing the idea of meeting and giving all of our secret plans on where our missiles are located, where they will move, the directions they will fly, where they will hit, and all the rest. 
I think that's a mistake if it happens. But that's how worried they are. Now, I believe America and its prophetic future is found in Isaiah chapter 18, Jeremiah chapters 50 and 51, and Revelation chapter 18. And when I get to Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 32, I am literally amazed at the accuracy of this book. Listen to this. The passages are stopped and the men of war are frightened. What? The passages, the means of communication, computers are stopped. Something has happened. And because of it, the men of war are alarmed, disturbed, frightened. Isn't that exactly what's happening even in discussing what we might do with our secret strike plans with Russia in the future? I'll tell you, this book is right up to date. And we need to keep our eyes fixed heavenward during such an hour as this. So, folks, did you see that dumb speculation? He was wrong. He was dead wrong. But what does he do? Holds up a Bible. This is so up to date. And that does that. That sounds so good. Of course, of course, the Bible is up to date. But that doesn't mean that the Bible teaches what you're saying it teaches. Every preacher that's watches, we have got to learn from these mistakes. And I, I, I'm telling you, people from that generation are still repeating that kind of thing. You still have this stuff stuck in your head. Okay. It's 24 years later. He was wrong about everything. It was nothing. He made the scriptures teach about Y2K when they do. It did not teach about Y2K. It, he made the scriptures teach a Y2K that was going to be chaotic and put the nations in distress. And it didn't happen. So either the Bible was wrong or he misused the scriptures. And yet he wasn't held accountable for that. He's still, still respected by many. And, and, the, and the guy was, you know, the guy had a, a brilliant mind and had a, 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 a major ability to recall scripture and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's a lot of great minds. There's a lot of polished speakers. There's a lot of geniuses out there that still don't know the scriptures. You can be a genius and not be saved. A lot of them aren't. You can be a brilliant speaker and be a false prophet. A lot of times they are. And so either way, sometimes we get so enamored by a person that we do. We get our eyes off the scriptures and we get our eyes on them and we just... We make idols out of these people. And and I'm sorry, but I'm looking back at Jack Van Empey and I'm not that impressed. I'm not that I'm not that impressed. Seemed like he was an opportunist. Seemed like he was somebody that was, you know, just using hype and had no discipline when it came to how he interpreted the scriptures. He's got a show to do. He's got books to sell. Everyone's talking about Y2K. So he hopped on the bandwagon. And since his thing is the Bible, he made the Bible teach something the Bible doesn't teach. And I think that is very wrong. He made the Bible about America when it's it's not about America. Folks, do you realize that if the Bible's about America, that literally no one could preach Isaiah, whatever that chapter of Jeremiah and Revelation with any accuracy whatsoever for 1776 years. I mean, come on, you know, that's, I thought our Bible was timeless, right? but obviously this is not timeless preaching that we're hearing. So, uh, this stuff's making me mad, but again, I, I'm learning lessons from this. I hope you're learning lessons too. So let's see some more. I'm sitting here utterly amazed as I listen to Jack spew out all of these verses. I'm sure that you can see how this Y2K problem is all interlocked with Bible prophecy, but I want to go just a little bit farther than that it's as not. we wind up our discussion on the Y2K problem. How is it connected with the return of Christ? Let's narrow it right down there, Jack. How is it connected with the Lord's return? The Jewish rabbis talked about their Mashiach 
someday coming to earth. Now, Mashiach in Hebrew is what is termed Messiah in English. But in Hebrew, Mashiach is Christus in the Greek and Christ in English. So we are really Jews and Christians talking about this. Hey, I got to stop for a second. Can we learn our lesson about and, and stop getting you know, our prophecy and our understanding of the scriptures from Jewish rabbis who can't even figure out who the Messiah is. Can we stop that? Hey, there's still preachers out there doing that. And that's exactly what he does. He is interpreting things ba based on what Jewish rabbis are saying. They can't even figure out who the Messiah is. And, but guess what? They were wrong again. And so can we at least learn that lesson? All right. You don't have to be post-trib to learn that lesson. Come on. Now, the Jewish rabbis believed in what was called the six-day theory, basing it upon Psalm 90, verse 4. For a thousand years in thy sight, O God, is but as yesterday. In other words, a thousand years is like one day, or a day is like one thousand years. Using this formula, they said from the creation of Adam until the birth of Christ, 4,000 years of history passed, or four days. Then from the birth of Christ until the year 2000, two more days, or 2,000 years will have passed for a total of 6,000 years, or six days. Amazing. The Christian church, for the first 400 years of the faith, taught the identical thing. In 2 Peter 3.3, it tells about lackadaisical, lukewarm Christians even scoffing at the idea of Christ's imminent return. And it says, get it? 2 Peter 3, 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers, saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since our fathers, our forefathers, fell asleep and died, all things continue as they were, you know why he's creating God the scoffers has waited why he has put it off because of verse 9 of 2 Peter 3 the Lord is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance he loves you and he's waited this long to include you but one of these days the timetable will be up and in the same chapter verse 10 it adds but the day of the Lord will come, and that's when the judgment begins. And could it begin with the computer catastrophe? I don't know, but we'll see. But then he tells us the approximate time when all of these problems are to begin, and Christ is about to return in verse 8. He says, here's the formula. I, thousand years is as a day and a day is as a thousand years just like the Jewish rabbis said basing it on Psalm 90 verse 4 and so the early church Barnabas, Arrhenius and many of them taught that after 6,000 years somewhere from 2000 to 2012 our Christ would come <laughs> now I have to say it'll be 2001 because when we, in our calendar calculations, came from B.C. to A.D., we didn't go to zero. And so we missed a year. So I'm a purist, and the actual date is 2001. But then there have been other miscalculations in our calendars so that we come out somewhere to 2012. And I think that's the way God wants it because he never wanted us to know the exact day and hour. Matthew 24, 36, but said, you will know when it's near, even at the doors. But it's somewhere in that time frame. Now, isn't this exciting? That all the great rabbis, all the great church fathers taught this six-day theory and said that sometime he would come, and that would be around 2001 to 2012. They were not trying to stir up people in the first century, saying, get ready, go sit on the mountains and hills, go hide, because judgment, no, no. They said, it will not happen now. It'll be thousands of years from now. But those thousands of years have passed. 
and we are about to begin the process January 1st 2000 to move us into that date that miraculous date 2001 and maybe later up to 2012 but we are in the latter years and the latter days and our Lord is coming and when you stop to think of all the things that are being said now I could give you predictions by the secular world of many things that are going to happen following January 1st you'd say this is unbelievable because it all fits in with the ancient rabbi theory of the six days, 6,000 years of history before the Mashiach Messiah comes and the Christian church is teaching for 400 years that after the year 2000, we had to keep our eyes fixed on heaven. Could Y2K, the 2,000 year millennial bug, be the beginning of what leads to the tribulation hour and then that glorious appearing in the heavenlies when he comes and every eye shall see him Revelation 1-7 for as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. It's near. It's so near. Are you ready? All right, folks. I know that was painful. But this has got to be a lesson for all of us. Let us not date ourselves with our expounding of prophecy. If what we are teaching is biblical, then it should be timeless. Do not force current events into the scriptures unless it really is it. And people, we, we do not want the next generations throwing out the things that we taught them because we did stuff like this. And this is, this is embarrassing. 24 years later, 25 years later, I'm not sure exactly when that aired, but to see just how epically wrong they were and how he, I mean, she literally asked, you know, how Y2K ties in to the coming of Christ. And he, he didn't even say, oh, we don't know that it does. No, he acted like it did. And that it was just wrong. And that man was very influential on the previous generation. The, your a lot of your pre-trib pastors that are out there were heavily influenced by him or the people who taught them were influenced by men like him that his generation did a lot of damage uh in ifb circles and just you know evangelical circles when it comes to prophecy and everybody just needs to do a reset okay i get trusting our forefathers and all that kind of stuff to a certain extent but they proved themselves derelict of their duties when it comes to the subject of prophecy they allowed the leaven of dispensationalism in there they got they got bewitched by the formation of fake israel in 1948 and it messed up everybody they listened to heretics they listened to people that were not baptists they listened to people that were not king james only and they taught them prophetic foolishness these things got big through the tv preachers and through the hype and, they, and the, these teachings made it into Baptist churches. And I'm telling you right now, Baptists need to just do a big reset. And we need to throw, you, you need to throw out everything you've been taught and you need to start all over. And if you continue to be pre-trib, it's because you're being loyal to people like that and the people that, that he influenced. That is, it is a very foolish dispensational pre-tribulationism is one of the most inconsistent, incoherent versions of eschatology that there is. There's obviously greater heresies in some of the other ones, but they at least have a little more consistency where pre-tribulational dispensational theology does not. And it, and it has some of the worst heresies associated with it too that not everyone has latched onto. But either way, let's make our preaching timeless. Let's make it 
timeless. If we want to preach about current events, let's talk about current events and use Bible application, but let us not make prophecy. Let's not try to pretend that a Bible prophecy predicts something that's happening that happened yesterday when it didn't, especially when you weren't calling it out ahead of time. So frustrating, frustrating stuff there, but I hope you will share this, share this with, with pre-tribbers. They need to be embarrassed by this. They need to be reminded not to do this kind of thing. Pre-tribulationalism, it's built on sensationalism and this type of foolishness. And it's hard. It's hard to see the foolishness. People like us, we see it. But like these guys that are preaching about the Gaza war, like it's in Bible prophecy, um, they need to watch this video. And because I don't think they want, you know, the next generation looking back at their preaching about the Gaza war, like we're looking back at Jack Van Empey and thinking, what was wrong with this dude? And that's what they're going to do to you people that are doing that kind of stuff. And I do. I believe people like Jack Van Empey created the scoffers. You know, he made Acts 20 where Paul's warning people night and days with tears. He made it about Y2K. He should have made it what Paul made it about, false prophets. They're the ones that are that he warned them about night and day with tears. False prophets. And we're not warning people about false prophets. And as a result, this kind of nonsense is being taught. So either way, I appreciate everyone watching this. So please like, subscribe, share, get this video out there. And I believe it'll be a help to a lot of people. So thank you so much for watching this. God bless you.